Now all across North Carolina, it's Carolina Newsmakers. Here's your host, Don Curtis. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. Delighted to have you with us this week. And this week we are going to be talking about uh, our counties, our 100 counties across the state of North Carolina and the problems that they have in administering their duties in providing the services for the citizens of those counties. And uh, we have with us Joanna Reese, who is the Government Relations Director of the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners. So, Joanna, welcome to the program. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. First of all, Joanna, let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, just as a refresher course for the listeners, we've had, of course, folks on from the uh, association many times, but uh, uh, let's talk about what the association is and what its purpose is. Uh, of course, it represents basically county government, but That's right. give us a little deeper dive than that. That's right. We are a membership organization. We're a nonprofit, um, and we represent all 100 counties. The All the counties in the state are members of our organization, and our governing body is made up of elected county commissioners from across the state. And we uh, assist the counties in many ways. Uh, we were initially created to do um, advocacy work, government relations work, with the General Assembly in the state. But um, since then, we've expanded to, we do educational programs, we provide technical assistance, we run a risk management pool, um, uh, provide some uh, legal advice sometimes, so a, a number of ways that we support our counties. Well, no, we've talked about this a dozen times in many ways, but uh, North Carolina is unique in this fact that we have uh, a number of large counties and then we have a number of very small counties. This is correct. Uh, the smallest county is? Oh, population-wise, the smallest county is Tyrrell County. And geographically, it'd probably be one of the smaller ones in the northeast corner of the state. I'm not quite sure which one would be the smallest. Uh, and uh, when we say small, we're talking about under 5,000 people. Absolutely. Right? Uh, Terrell County may be about 3,000, I think. Something mm-hmm. like that. That's an entire county. I mean, you know, yes. uh, mm-hmm. as I've said many times before, my church has more members than that. Exactly. So mm-hmm. a county that size really has a lot of trouble providing the services for those 3,000 people. That's correct. When you have such a small amount of population, the way counties raise revenue mainly is through their property tax. And when you have that few people paying property tax and even the businesses in there, you just can't raise enough to support your services. In addition, uh, another way counties raise revenue and support their the services for their residents is through sales tax. Um, if you think about how many stores there may be in a county with population of that small of a size, it's just not a whole lot of sales being done there, and so not a lot of sales tax being generated. Well, they have, uh, of course, you know, you you still have to have a sheriff's department. You still have to have schools and all that sort of thing. So it's a real burden on them. And, of course, on the other end of the spectrum, you have some very large counties, and they also have a, a set of unique problems. That's correct. Um, the larger counties in the state, while they have more population to support their, their services, the taxes needed for their services, they also have um, the challenges of growing very quickly. And that means you have more students coming in and you need more schools. Your roads are more crowded, and so your residents demand um, road expansions. Uh, You uh, need more just a variety of um, services. The social services department needs to be larger. The health department needs to be larger. And so while um, everyone would would choose to have a stronger economy, it does bring its own challenges. So, you know, you have to, uh, in your association, the North Carolina 
uh, Association of County Commissioners, you have to provide services for both ends of that spectrum, and that puts a lot of burden on you folks. Well, it's uh, we don't consider it a burden. It is um, it's a joy for us. Actually, we really enjoy the challenges that come from across the state. Um, we enjoy the variety that we have with our membership and with our counties, and it's um, always uh, intellectually challenging for us to. Uh, assist the counties across the state with the different challenges. Now, there's another organization in North Carolina, that uh, the League of Municipalities, that represents the cities. And you t- two organizations have many overlapping duties, and so you work together in many occasions, on many occasions. Mm-hmm. Yes, we do. Uh, we work together on a number. And the League of Municipalities represents cities and towns in the state. And so we do have some overlapping responsibilities and interests, I'll say, and some that are different. But some of the things that we share are um, general local government authority and not having the the interest in not having that reduced by the state legislature and maintaining the flexibility to make some decisions at the local level. Um, and we also share the same challenges in um, the revenue, raising revenue, especially in the, the smaller towns and counties versus the larger towns and counties, and then providing the services. Mm-hmm. Now, another unique difference between a lot of counties is a number of counties have a number of municipalities within them, and the other counties have only one major municipality. That's right. Durham County, for example, Durham is about it. It's the only one. Wake Mm -hmm. County has a pile. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fuqua, Verena, Nightdale, Zebulon, Wake Forest, (laughs) Apex, uh, Morrisville, the list goes on and on. 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 I think Union County has the most number of, of towns. There are a, a lot of small townships and towns in Union County. I would have never guessed it was Union County. I yes. would have thought it was either mm-hmm. Wake or Gaston County. No, it is it is Union. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. you see, you learn something every day. Um, and, uh, of course, you know, the, the uh, situations that uh, are, uh, and sometimes I suppose there's a conflict of interest and you have to work that out. For example, in annexation, sometimes that can be a conflict between the residents of the county and those areas that uh, want to be annexed by the cities. That could be a conflict. Yes, that was a large conflict a number of years ago, and that was before my time with the association. Fortunately, that has um, it's been resolved. Maybe not everyone's happy with how it was resolved, but we've moved on to some other issues now. Well, that must mean it was a happy solution. I mean, anytime you have about you know you have a number of people not happy with the solution and a number of people happy, then that probably Probably means it was probably a fairly good solution. Possibly. Yeah. Well, we want to talk uh, today a little bit about the challenges that uh, the counties will be facing next year. And of course, I understand you've just set your legislative goals for next year. Uh, and uh, so let, let's just briefly go over those uh, and then we can do it a little bit more in depth the rest of the program. So basically, the legislative goals that you've set are. Well, we have um, 26, so I'm not going to go through all of those with you, but I'll oh, hit our I'll hit our top a long pri- program. <laughs> well, we could. Um, I'll hit our top priorities, and um, the way we set our agenda, is our our proposals from our county, they come from our counties, and they go through several stages of debate and narrowing down and vetting. And the last stage is a conference that we had last week, where all 100 counties have the opportunity to come and um, vote on the final decision. We had, I think, 89 counties who were at our conference. We were very happy with that participation. And they um, they choose the goals themselves, and then they rank their top priorities. So our number one priority for the 2019-2020 legislative session is to expand broadband access across the state. Um, many of us who live in the um, 
larger areas or even some of the the smaller towns are fortunate to have some um, strong uh, broadband access, high speed internet access, and we take it for granted. But uh, in there are so many areas of the state that do not have either any access to internet or or good speeds of internet or have very slow access. So. This is um, the the top priority we have. Uh, our second priority is another one we've been working on for a number of years, and that's increasing revenue for school capital needs. Um, we talked a few minutes ago about the challenges in raising enough money for county needs. One of those is providing for um, new or renovations for school facilities. Uh, and this, again, varies. The needs vary, whether it's whether you need a new school or whether you need a renovated school in different parts of the state. And schools are very expensive uh, to build now. A, uh, another one that we are going to be working on is to protect county interests during Medicaid transformation. And the, the state right now, the Department of Health and Human Services, is working on changing how they uh, carry out the Medicaid services for patients across the state. And we want to make sure that uh, the county health department interests and the county social services interests and the county revenue interests are all protected through that. So while we don't have something specific, we're just going to be following that and, and making sure as uh, a partner with the state, the counties can implement that. Mm-hmm. Those are three of our top ones. You want me to keep going? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Um, a, the more you uh, talk, the less I have to talk. Okay. Well, hey, guys. <laughs> no, I, I think everyone really likes to hear all these uh, these these needs because this is a very uh, important part for folks to understand just the challenges that the counties have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, another one is a general, um, the ability for counties to raise revenue. We, across the state, different counties have different authorities to raise revenue at the local level. Um, the property tax is uh, the authority is similar, but the sales tax authority varies. And uh, as a, a little bit of background, counties and, and even municipalities and state also, counties are arms of the state and can only do what they are authorized to do by the state legislature. So a county cannot decide um, on its own how, uh, how much sales tax to charge. And so there are some that uh, have authority to charge a, a, some different types of local sales tax um, and some who uh, have the authority to charge different amounts of local sales tax. So when you go shopping and you purchase something, the sales tax you pay is partly a state tax, and then there is partly a local tax there. So our um, interest at the legislature is creating the authority for all counties to be able to choose to charge the same sales tax, the same amount that any other can across the state. And this would be most likely through a voter referendum at the county level. So the people who live in the county would decide if they wanted uh, to do that. And they could also discuss at that county level where they would like that sales tax to go. What we are interested in seeing as an association is some increased ability to put that money towards school capital. So this really ties back into the, the goal I mentioned earlier to have um, more revenue to build and renovate schools. Now, uh, before we go to to more on your list, let's go back on that, because one of the interesting things that happens, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, because in the small counties, a lot of folks will pack up and go to to a major city for shopping. So they pay the sales tax in the county, in the larger county that is already doing pretty well. 
And of course, that means they're not buying something at home. Now, there is some sort of a revenue sharing, though, isn't there? Or there was some discussion about that. So bring me up to date on where that stands. Mm-hmm. Isn't there some way where some of this tax money goes back to the poorer counties? Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the sales tax distribution is, and let me make sure I get this right, it is um, 75% to the... I, I am afraid I'm not going to get this okay. exactly right. Well, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a, some of the counties yes. do get some. Uh, you know, sometimes I ask questions that uh, you just don't have on the tip of your tongue. You're right. That, there is a there is a distribution yep, yep. where some of the sales tax does go back to yep. not necessarily to where the items were purchased, yep. but most of it does go to the location where the item is purchased, and that is a, a, a concern among our counties who don't have the um, higher levels of retail. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get back to your list. You got down to number four, which is uh, uh, the revenue situation. Uh, what are some of the other priorities that you have uh, on your uh, top, say, you said you had 26 items. That's, yeah. that's a long list. <laughs> it is a long list. Counties do a lot of things, and they are interested in a great deal of things. <laughs> well, this is a good time to take a break. We're going to take a break. Uh, Joanna Reese is our guest, She's and uh, she's the Government Relations Director of the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners, and we'll be back with more right after these messages. Are you looking for a way to give back to your community? If so, your local Guardian Ad Litem office needs your help. The North Carolina Guardian Ad Litem program is celebrating its 25th anniversary of being a voice for children who are victims of child abuse and neglect. Volunteer today to become a trained, independent advocate to represent the best interests of abused and neglected children in court proceedings. As a Guardian Ad Litem volunteer, you will also help work toward ensuring that each child is placed in a safe, permanent home, what every child needs. The Guardian Ad Litem program needs volunteers. If you have just a few hours each month to make a difference, please don't wait. Call 1-800-982-4041 or visit ncgal.org. Volunteer for the Guardian Ad Litem program. Be the voice for a child. The entire world watched. They watched each step down the rungs of that small ladder, one after another, and waited with great anticipation for that last step. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. At that moment, humanity saw the impossible become the possible. And today, the sky is not the limit. Achievement. Pass it on. A message from the Foundation for a Better Life. We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Joanna Reese is with us. She is the uh, Government Relations Director for the North Carolina County uh, Association of County Commissioners. And, uh, Joanna, you have a long list of things that you've done in government. You were Deputy Commissioner of the North Carolina Division of Motor Vehicles. And uh, what else have you done? Mm-hmm. Well, I spent uh, 20 years in state government before I went to work for the Association of County Commissioners. It was a, a great time. I worked for the Department of, in, what was at the time, the Department of Environment and Natural Resources. There's been some reorganization since then. And I did communications public relations for that department, and then I uh, did the legislative work there. Um, Then after that, went to the Department of Transportation, where I did some of the um, legislative work there before going within the department to the Division of Motor Vehicles. And there I worked on um, driver license issues and vehicle registration issues mainly. Well, this gives you a unique uh, perspective 
in how you work with the legislature because you've been on both sort of both sides. Now you're in advocacy. Of course, you were in advocacy in a yes. way before, mm-hmm. but it was on the government side. Right. And now, mm-hmm. uh, and you're still on the government side in a way, but it is a it's a different form. And so. Uh, uh, how, how has that helped you in doing your work and learning uh, how to approach those who make decisions? Well, the the job with the Association of County Commissioners really dovetailed nicely with that work I'd done at the state government. I was able to use a lot of the things I had learned um, early in my career. I worked a great deal with the county health departments, and so it sort of came back full circle. I get to do that again. Um, but at the same time, I've been able to work on a number of issues in this job that I had never worked on before, such as the finance issues and um, uh, social services issues I hadn't worked on before, but um, the environment issues we we do still talk about, and the transportation issues some. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were talking about the fact that in many cases, uh, uh, municipalities and uh, and uh, counties have uh, uh, similar goals. Uh, but one of the interesting situations now is infrastructure, because those who are living outside of city limits also want some of the services that cities have been known to. Uh, been required to provide like order and sewage and now those who are living outside the cities who don't want to be annexed still have the need for the infrastructure of the order and sewage. How's that being handled in in various ways in various counties? Mm Because I'm sure everybody's doing it a little different. That's right. And water sewer is infrastructure is one of the big challenges we're facing right now, especially in some of the um, less well-off areas of the state. Um, Some of these water and sewer systems, and some of them are in um, outside the the municipal limits. There are counties who run water and sewer um, systems um, outside of the municipal jurisdictions. But many of them are older, and they are, um, like so many things, becoming more expensive to run. So you have this aging infrastructure. Um, you have uh, pipes that are deteriorating, and you also have the requirements for um, monitoring for contaminants that have increased over the years as our scientific knowledge has increased and also as some of the sources of pollution have increased as our population grows. So that is a challenge that um, our, our members face to either um, upgrade their um, systems. Uh, as the population grows, you need to expand those systems. Uh, and then to bring on uh, many of the smaller communities have trouble attracting the expertise, the the technical expertise, the engineering and the and the biologists and the chemists to work to to be able to maintain those water systems. So that's that all ties back into the ability for a community to raise revenue. Um, of course, you have people paying water and sewer bills, but I I believe people would be very surprised how little of the cost of running a water system that your bill actually covers. Now, uh, and of course, you mentioned the the problems of the underfunded uh, counties, the counties that have uh, Mm -hmm. deficiencies in uh, revenue grazing, but also the growth counties are also taxed because they are, uh, they're growing so rapidly, they this this infrastructure has to be there also. So Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's a Uh, It's a case of almost everybody has this problem to some degree. Yes, that is true. Um, it's similar to the schools. You you can't build schools fast enough in some places, and you can't build the water and sewer fast enough in some places. Uh, and there are a number of solutions to that. Sometimes um, the, the developers who are building a new community will um, you know, put in the the lines leading up to the development, and there, there are a variety of different arrangements with the yeah, government yeah, developers and, and to cover that. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, the folks who are moving in those areas, in effect, pay for it. In that, effect, pay so, for it, yes. Mm-hmm. So that helps in some of those cases. So uh, 
in in regard to water and sewage, and I may be asking you a question that you do not have the answer to. I will say so. <laughs> but uh, has anybody come up with a total tally of how much we're going to have to spend on infrastructure in the next, say, 10 years to just maintain what we've got? I, I believe there are some who have calculated that i off the top of my head do not have that figure but it's pretty high actually i'd say it's astronomical i've I've seen several numbers and it's just sort of staggering and and of course sometimes you you look at it and say well this has got to be uh i mean is this doing it uh gold-plated or is this doing it economy or how's this being Mm -hmm. done because estimates are can vary all over the place, as we all know. Right, right. Well, it's it's I say it's hard to do a, a gold plated water system. You, yeah. you a pipe, it's a pipe. <laughs> well, and of course, as you said, a lot of these, uh, uh, especially in uh, some of the eastern North Carolina cities, some of this infrastructure was put in in 1900. I mean, it's that's right. Getting to be 120 years old, and and it does decay and does uh, wear out. Um, we were talking about educational funding. Has the state lottery helped a lot in that area, or, or what's the what's the situation there? Well, that is an interesting story. Um, when the state lottery was first created, it was a, a set up with a, a formula for how the funds were going to be distributed, and it was forty uh, percent of the profits from it. And that's off after all the prizes are paid out and the administrative cost of running the lottery is uh, covered. The the profit from the lottery, forty percent of it, was supposed to go to school construction. And um, shortly after the lottery passed, the recession hit. And um, revenues coming into the state, as well as local governments, dropped drastically. And the um, legislature ended up using some of the lottery funds to fill the gap there. Unfortunately, we have um, never fully recovered from that. Um, it, once uh, the lottery is being used for other things, it's really hard to, to go back and, and replace those sources with, um, with other state funds. So counties that had expected to receive a certain amount to cover um, schools, school construction, and some of them had gone out and borrowed money with the expectation of having the lottery funds to help repay that money, um, which didn't happen. They have uh, really struggled since then. Um, at the same time, um, the state general practice of passing a bond for school construction uh, roughly every 10 years, which had been going on for some time, that ended um, and probably ended because the lottery had passed and that was supposed to, to be the revenue source at that point. Point. So it has been 22 years, I think, since we've had a school bond, um, a, a statewide school bond. There have been some local ones. And at the same time, the lottery funds have dropped off. Now, in the past couple of years, there's been a very sincere attempt at the legislature to increase the amount of the lottery going towards um, school construction. And that has gotten us back up um, maybe around 35 percent. Uh, we'd still like to get it back to the back to the 40. Um, the distribution formula is different. So it's not exactly the same. It's not being distributed um, as equitably, maybe, uh, across the straight, or at least not as the same way it was before. But the dollar amount has has gone up. Um, one of the uh, the things we'll be pushing as part of our uh, school construction revenue goal is a statewide school bond. We worked on that last year, last biennium, couldn't quite get there, and or couldn't could not get there, and we'll um, we'll start again this year working on a school construction bond. So, uh, any estimates on the size of that uh, bond request? Mm-hmm. 
The bond, the legislation that was last year introduced last year was 1.9 billion, and the um, discussion right now is uh, again 1.9 billion. Um, we were pleased that the Speaker of the House has announced he's going to introduce and support a 1.9 billion dollar bond referendum. Um, that his proposal is going to put divide the money between public schools K through 12 and community colleges and the university system. So it's a, a, a different distribution of the money. Um, so you know, I believe we'll probably be, be asking to maybe bump that dollar amount up more because we still want to get um, a higher amount to the public schools. Uh, at the same time, uh, counties also fund community colleges. So then uh, our community colleges are in need also. Well, you know, that, that brings to mind uh, sort of a list of the things that cities are expected to do and counties are s- uh, expected to do. Uh, of course, uh, North Carolina, uh, maintain, the state maintains the roads. Uh, yes. Cities maintain street, certain streets Some within mm-hmm. the city. The counties, so therefore, none of the counties have any responsibility for roads. That's right. In North Carolina, um, it, it, we're unique in the sense that counties do not build roads. Uh, that does not mean we are not interested in transportation infrastructure. It, it is a um, economic development tool, and so our, our counties are... Um, supporters of, and that is another one of our, our legislative agenda items, they are supporters of increasing money going to transportation infrastructure, but we don't do the actual building. And of course, uh, as we've talked about, the counties do have a responsibility for uh, building schools. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that's a big one. That is a big one. Uh, like we said before, um, building a school today with the, the technology you need and the laboratories that the middle schools and high schools need uh, and the safety features that are needed in today's schools, it, it bumps the cost up much higher than it used to be. Um, you know, some people say, you know, this, my grandmama went to this school. It's good enough for my children. Well, it, it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. So true. Uh, well, I, I could get into what my grandmother said, but that's a, that's another uh, another matter. She also said discipline had changed a good bit also, and that's probably true. Joanna Reese is our guest. She is the Government Relations Director for the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners, and we'll be back with more here on Carolina Newsmakers right after these messages. This is nice. I was hoping you'd like it. It's my special recipe. I'm sorry, sir, but it appears as though your credit card has been declined. Did everyone hear that? This person right here, credit card, declined. Oh. If we can please have an awkward silence the next 10 seconds. Whoa, what's with the megaphone? Just trying to properly illustrate your embarrassment and humiliation to the public, sir. What? If everyone could start mumbling and shaking their heads. Nice. Ma'am, I like that with the pointing. Mm. He's shaking like a leaf. Good job. Hey, buddy, please. I'm with a date here. Look, so I'm late on a few payments. I'll make it up next month. Promise. Mm-hmm. He promises to pay it all back next month. Can we have an aww? aww? Don't worry, Adam. It happens to everybody. This has no effect on our date whatsoever. Really? Yes, really. There just won't be another one. See ya. And she's off. Wait, come back. I have other cards. I have other restaurants. Putting more on your card than you can afford to spend can lead to even bigger problems, like public humiliation. Don't let your credit put you in a bad place. Go to controlyourcredit.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Treasury and the Ad Council. I'm not staying home tonight. I'm at school all day. If they want me to do the work, give it to me while I'm at school. This guy has me coming to work 10 hours a day. So what if I didn't finish school? That doesn't mean he can work me like a dog. Hey, man, I need a few bucks. My car's busted and I need some cash. Hello? Hello? Every decision you make has a benefit or a consequence. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the United States Air Force. 
We continue with Carolina Newsmakers. Here's Don Curtis. Joanna Reese is with us. She is the Government Relations Director of the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners, and we're talking about the agenda that the uh, counties have uh, this year is, is, uh, as they carry out their duties of providing uh, services for their citizens across the state of North Carolina. 100 counties. How did it get to be 100 counties even? Has anybody ever looked at that? Because, <laughs> that I mean, is that, a great because question. Because when you look at it on the map, it makes good sense, and it doesn't look like there was just one carved out just to come out with 100 even. No, um, I, I the, there was no goal to come up with 100 counties, but that is how it ended up. Um, for us, it makes the math easy when yeah. we're trying to decide you know, what percentage of counties do X or Y, especially for people like me who aren't great at, <laughs> at math. Um, well, you went to Chapel was, Hill. You're not supposed to know math. You no, know, there's plenty of math people coming out of Chapel Hill, but I was not one of them. <laughs> okay, so now uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting about uh, – uh, the the 100 county situation is the fact that we have a number of counties that have a city named the same thing, but it's not in the county. For example, <laughs> Gaston, North Carolina, is not in Gaston County, mm-hmm. and there's That's a right. number of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenore is not in Lenore County, and mm-hmm. and uh, how did that come about? Um, I can't tell you the story of every single one of them, but I can talk about Henderson County and Hendersonville and, Henderson, and, Hen- and the town of Henderson. Yeah. Uh, and I can talk about that because that is uh, the, Hen- the all the Henderson um, local governments were named after a family member of mine, my great 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 grandfather. So. The town of Henderson is not in Henderson County, but Hendersonville is in Henderson County. Yeah. And um, it's in this particular case, it was the interest in naming these governments after a particular um, prominent individual in the state. And in this case, it was Judge Leonard Henderson. And um, that's probably what happened in a number of cases. And we also have a number of uh, cities that are split. They're in two different counties, which also creates a lot of problems. For example, Rocky Mount has part of its city limits in uh, uh, Nash County and part in uh, um, Tarboro's County. Edgecombe. uh, Edgecombe. I was having trouble. Nash uh, County and Edgecombe County. It does create some challenges. Yeah, and so that's Mm -hmm. interesting. So how does that work out? Mm -hmm. And another case of that is Cary, is that it's expanding, um, it's moving from Wake County, expanding into Chatham County. Yeah. And um, it does create some challenges. And one of those, it goes back to the um, issue of the sales tax collection that you mentioned. So it's it's a different issue, but it is also, uh, if you, you have a Cary address, uh, there have been times where um, the sales tax has been collected and if it was so, something was sold and collected in Cary in Chatham County, the tax has actually gone back to Wake County, and that's it's, um, obviously makes Chatham County unhappy. So uh, we are working with the Department of Revenue to try to come up with some uh, you know, administrative type changes to figure that out. Well, there's a great book, uh, Letters to uh, uh, Questions for God from uh, elementary students, and mm-hmm. one of them is Who Drew the Lines? <laughs> and that's we've a great got question. lines all It is a great question because. <laughs> Uh, you look at it, and you know it would be so helpful if we could retraw all those lines and uh, reapportion some things a lot differently. But that's uh, that would be virtually impossible with uh, tax records and property and all that kind of stuff. But it would be nice if we could start all over. And we could probably still end up with hundred counties. We probably could. Yeah. Uh, now that brings to mind another thing because there's a lot of uh, discussion and a lot of court cases about. Uh, Districts uh, and uh, how the legislature is apportioned, uh, the members of the are elected and so forth. Does the association take any role in deciding uh, how we're going to go about doing that? 
No, we absolutely do not. Um, we follow it very closely, but we do not take a role in those. In those, we leave those up to the state legislature. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, economic development, of course, is big uh, all across the state. Everybody mm-hmm. wants economic development. Um, and uh, again, it's very difficult to tell people where to locate their plants. So we have some uh, depressed areas in North Carolina that uh, uh, are uh, impaired in, in getting industry mm-hmm. and uh, or job creation. Um, so how do you go about working with those counties that have those problems, uh, and yet uh, growth is the solution to so much of their situation? Now, you mentioned broadband access as being yes. one of the key things, and that would be a big thing. But also you have transportation issues. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the way we approach those issues is through some of our um, agenda items that you that we've talked about already. Um, and everything is so tied together. So, of course, there's not going to be one silver bullet but to help drive um, broadband access, uh, adequate schools. Um, the labor force is another one our members talk about so much. Um, there are a number of counties who are losing population. Uh, it, it people, the younger people move away and don't come back. So these are so many of the things that um, economic develop, developers look for, that businesses coming look for. Uh, and the broadband case, um, this is a, a factor. You know, it used to be when the internet came along, it, it was... It's somewhat useful for businesses. It was fun. It was some entertainment. But now it's um, become so necessary for for economic development, for for education. Um, we talk a lot about the homework gap and how so many of you know, my son does a great deal of his homework um, online. And if you do not have online access at home, even if you have a computer, that makes it much more difficult. We hear about kids going to the McDonald's or the Starbucks to, to go online and do their homework. Um, which is, is hard to do for parents to, to take them every day. It's also an issue for um, rural health. Um, that's another problem in the some of these struggling communities is um, a business wants to go somewhere where there's, um, you know, if not a worldwide state-of-the-art health system, um, some, some pretty basic primary care, um, emergency care. And uh, many of the rural areas are losing hospitals. But if uh, one partial solution to that is if you have strong broadband access, you can get to specialists um, through a video conference and you can do some consultation that way. Um, You can have some access to a a pharmacist who can uh, talk to you and maybe prescribe some drugs locally. So um, the telemedicine piece, the education piece, the economic development piece, and the public safety piece, um, all of these tie into um, helping drive economic development towards those communities. Um, that's one way we are working on helping those counties. Now, North Carolina, we also elect our school boards. That and is true. So this is kind of interesting because the school board has no authority to raise money. Mm-hmm. So they have to go to the county commissioners, and yet the county commissioners did not appoint them. And so this can lead to some problems. And so we've had some lawsuits between school boards and county commissioners. That's not a very, uh, I mean, it seems to be there's a better way to do this. Yes, we consider that um, approach to be really counterproductive. And again, um, with 100 counties, you're going to have a great variety of circumstances across the state. We have some of our commissioners who tell us they have an excellent relationship with their school boards. Um, And we have other counties who have a less than excellent relationship with their school boards. contentious. It it can be contentious, (laughs) yes. Um, And and maybe some in in between, some a little tense, but not. But there are some some very contentious relationships. Uh, The 
um, school. And all well-meaning. I mean, you know, everybody's wanting to do what they think is the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone wants to provide for the children the best they can. Um, the school boards have responsibility for the school system. The county commissioners have responsibility for the education, for the social services, for the trash collection in some cases, all the waste collection, for the health departments, for the animal control, for the um, uh, public safety, the courthouses, funding the sheriff's department, the elections, and, and you know, we can go on and on. So um, the county commissioners have to make some decisions on um, how to budget the revenue that the county receives. Um, sometimes the uh, school system, the school board, is not happy with how much it gets for uh, the education for the annual budget. And um, we have had some lawsuits uh, across the state. Some of them have, uh, particularly one, has generated some large settlements. And then everyone goes to court, and money that should be going to education and other services gets spent on attorneys and, um, and fighting, which is not a good outcome for the children. Mm-hmm. Now, through the last, I guess, maybe 40 years, we have seen a certain amount of consolidation of certain services that it made a lot of sense. For example, tax collection, it didn't make a lot of sense to have a, a county tax collector and also a municipal uh, system of collecting taxes. And so in many cases, those have been consolidated, but it's not complete, is it, uh, every county? No, the the consolidation of services is, varies um, across the state, and every every community is different, and that's why we really like to work for um, counties to have the authority to make these decisions uh, themselves to work either with the municipalities in their county or across county lines. So we have a number of um, counties that share health departments. Uh, we have some counties that share jails. Um, we're talking about possibly going to some shared 911 systems, um, uh, the potential for some shared uh, social services departments, but all of this being um, the choice of the counties to to uh, develop partnerships with whichever governments make sense for them. We were talking about infrastructure a few moments ago, and of course there's tremendous uh, strides always being made in software. Do, are most of our counties up to date in their software, or is that another serious problem? That Well, that's another, um, another one that's going to vary across the state. Um, uh, some of our counties uh, have very robust Technology departments um, and others are—they're coming along, um, but it is uh, the state infrastructure off, off. Excuse me, the state um, IT department and broadband office is uh, assisting, but that's um, that's another one. It's just going to take time for everyone to get fully up to speed. Yeah. Now we have to say this: uh, North Carolina, as a state, generally speaking, is a little ahead of the curve on broadband because we got started a little earlier. We've got broadband problems and areas that we don't, but we're probably a little bit better than, than most states. Uh, at least we've had uh, some of the folks on who've told us that in the past, uh, that we did get a, a fairly early start, and so we're a little bit better off than, than, than a number of states. But it doesn't make any difference. It's still a, a, still a problem. If you don't have it, you don't have it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, getting back to economic development, how active are most of the counties in economic development, or is this falling back to the Chamber of Commerce and those organizations? The counties are very active in economic development. Most of them have an economic development director, and um, that is, you know, it's such a priority because it affects everything else. It affects their ability to, to provide strong education to their children. It affects their ability to provide good health care to the residents. Um, and so that is, it's an underlying piece of what counties do. So yes, they are very active. 
Joanna Reese is our guest. Uh, we have one final segment coming up, and we'll wrap things up when we return. Joanna Reese, Government Relations Director for the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners. And we'll do that right after these messages. Home foreclosure can be a nightmare. A couple of missed house payments, and before you know it, your house is being sold right from underneath you. You don't know where you or your family are going to live, or even where you are going to spend the night. If you don't think it can happen to you or anyone you know, think again. You don't have to face this alone. There is a new government-sponsored program that may help you keep your home. Nonprofit certified counselors from the National Foundation for Credit Counseling are available to work with you and can help you deal with your lender. And this service is completely free. The sooner you call, the better your options. Call 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. This nightmare does not have to happen to you. That number again, 866-687-6322 or visit mortgagehelpnow.org. When we get old, will you take care of me if I can't get around anymore? Of course. We'll find a way. Are you going to take care of me if I can't see anymore? I'll read to you every day. And if one of us gets Alzheimer's disease, what then? Call 1-800-437-2423 for a free booklet on caring for your loved ones from Alzheimer's Disease Research. 1-800-437-2423. Carolina Newsmakers continues, and once again, here's Don Curtis. We're back on Carolina Newsmakers. Joanna Reese is our guest. Before we get back to Joanna, uh, by the way, she is the Government Relations Director for the North Carolina Association of County Commissioners that represents the interest of North Carolina's 100 counties. And before we get back to Joanna, we will remind you that this program comes in two forms. A number of our stations carry the 30-minute version. Others carry the full hour. If you happen to be listening to a station that carries only the 30-minute version, you can go online to carolinanewsmakers.com and hear the other two segments. They're isolated by our producer, Jason Kong. Or you can listen to the entire broadcast, which is actually 45 minutes of content, or you can share it with a friend. If you join the program late, for example, you can go back and hear Joanna's pearls of wisdom that she <laughs> uh, uh, dispersed before uh, you joined it. Uh, and speaking of before you joined it, let's... let's uh, uh, we started off the program, Joanna, talking about the four or five top uh, priority items that the uh, association has as it faces the uh, the year 2019. Let's go over those again, uh, or at least the top four or five uh, very quickly. Broadband access was your top one. Yes, that is something we've been working on for a while, but our membership decided this year to make it their top priority. We have such a disparity of high-speed internet access across the state, and it really is a um, a need for um, for education purposes, for telemedicine purposes, uh, rural health medicine areas for economic development, um, and a number of other areas. Mm-hmm. And number two was uh, uh, something that's near and dear to everyone who has children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, and that's school capital needs. And that is an interesting situation in North Carolina because, as we pointed out, we have some counties that are growing so rapidly, they're building a lot of schools, and then we have a number of counties that are underfunded and they still have uh, the needs to update their facilities. That's right. Uh, we have some counties that are growing so quickly they can't build the schools fast enough. And then we have some counties who are um, 
they're smaller and they may even be um, losing student population, but their schools are so old and dilapidated, they need to either do a serious renovation or close three uh, older schools and open one new school. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, we're basically everyone normally thinks about K through 12, but the counties are also responsible for the facilities for the community college system, which is one of North Carolina's real jewels. Yes, it absolutely is. And we're very proud of the community college system. The counties are interested in that. And so there's that's another area that needs some, um, some uh, either growth or renovations. And so what we're seeking is revenue through a statewide school construction bond and through increased lottery revenue and, and some other areas to provide those facilities for both the K-12 schools and the community colleges. And then, of course, we've got some changes coming in Medicaid, which will affect the health and human resources uh, or health and social services uh, responsibilities of the county. That's correct. There is, is um, It's called Medicaid Transformation is the effort that the State Department of Health and Human Services is working on, and it will change the way that uh, Medicaid is delivered. And we just, in this affects greatly the social services functions of the counties and the public health functions. The public health departments will be some of the RDR, but will continue to be some of the um, health service providers. And we just want to make sure it's implemented in a way that the counties can um, carry out great service to its residents. And earlier, we also spent a lot of time talking about the uh, uh, the continued problem of infrastructure and how to handle that. Uh, again, some counties are growing rapidly, and they have a a uh, expansion of infrastructure. And yet, we've got a number of counties that uh, are just faced with maintaining what they have, and it's aging. That's right. And the the infrastructure covers so many areas. Broadband that we just talked about uh, covers the transportation system. Um, It covers water and sewer, which is a a huge need in either from aging systems or from from growth, the needs for growth in the water and sewer systems. And so that's another challenge counties face. Now, another problem that we've had in the last couple of years has been a number of natural disasters. And this Mm -hmm. also taxes the county governments as well as the municipal governments, as well as the state government. Everything is taxed. Uh, I don't mean tax in the form of money, but uh, the the need for money when we have hurricanes and flood problems and so forth, and this sort of interrupts your normal program and gets you away from what you would like to do long run, run and focuses on short term. This is a problem. It absolutely is. In the past three years, we've had two 500-year floods. Um, and so that, that means is, we're not going to have another one for uh, 1,500 years? It, that would be so nice if that were the case. But we also had one about 22 years ago. Yeah, I know. So, um, I think we, we need to rest, yes, restate we, that term. It's, uh, but it's, so um, that uh, it puts an incredible strain on the state and on the local governments. And counties are pulled away from their um, standard responsibilities. Um, but we've also had some disasters in the in the western part of the state, also some wildfires, and actually some of the hurricanes do come up from the Gulf and hit the and hit the mountains also. But more recently, it has been the eastern part of the state, um, and even up through the Piedmont, uh, this, this last hurricane. But it's uh, the infrastructure damage it causes, the disruption to lives, the, 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 the people moving and, and not having housing after that is um, an incredible strain on the counties. 
Now, we've, we've gone through the entire program, and we haven't talked about uh, funding the sheriff's departments, and, and they do vary uh, across the state. Some of them have a little bit more law enforcement responsibilities mm-hmm. than others, but in all cases, they have to maintain the jails, and they have to support the court systems. That's right, and it is um, the, the sheriffs are uh, uh, sheriff's offices are a little bit of a different animal. Um, the, Again, elected. They, yeah. are, they are independently elected, so they do not fall under the authority of the county commissioners, but at the same time, the counties are responsible for funding them. Um, this is the case with the sheriffs and with uh, um, elections and, and again with the schools, um, the elections departments, but um, the the responsibility for providing the funds for the jails and the operations of the sheriff's offices um, does fall under the county responsibility. And similar to the school boards, they're not always happy with the budget that they receive. And we have not spent much time at all talking about social services, which is a huge part of the budgets of most of the counties. Yes, it is. And they, the counties are the provider of last resort in many cases. And it is um, something you don't hear as much about, but it is such a large part of um, of the services to the residents. And it's uh, both both from a health standpoint and from a mental health standpoint, um, uh, substance abuse and the, the provision of um, housing and um, food uh, and um, the, the Medicaid and the Medicare flow through the county. So uh, it is a great part of the county, um, county budget and the county operations. And of course, we also spend a good bit of time talking about the uh, the uh, cooperation and the uh, overlapping uh, interest of the uh, League of Municipalities, which represents the cities, which are a part of the counties, but also have yes. their own problems. Um, what what uh, many times people don't understand, if you live in a city, you also live in a county. So every, everyone lives in a county. And mm-hmm. then everybody lives in a state. And so the, yes. the, the list goes on and on. <laughs> So it's uh, it's a long list of, and, and you know, it's sort of interesting how it's kind of worked out through the years to where everybody sort of knows where they stand, but the, there's one need that they all have that they will always be in conflict, and that's how do you split up the money? Yes, there is, um, probably a few people would tell you there's ever enough to, for, to meet all the needs in the state. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, especially a growing state like North Carolina. That's right. And uh, North Carolina, uh, of course, continues in many cases to, to see uh, unusual growth. And uh, not, not, there are very few people that don't think that that condition is not going to continue, which will continue to put strains on the budgets of the cities and the counties and the state. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a long task. If people want more information about the county uh, uh, government association, how do they get it? Go online. Yes, we have um, our website's pretty easy: www.ncacc.org, and we have a great deal of information on our website. Joanna, thank you very much for being with us. Joanna Reese, if you'd like to hear a repeat of this broadcast or share it with a friend, you can go online to carolinadeasemakers.com. And uh, hear the entire broadcast or just the segments that you might have missed. Our program has been produced by Jason Kong, and he will have another interesting guest for us next week, or so he tells me. And we will see you then. So have a nice week, everybody. Carolina Newsmakers is a production of NCN and is heard each week on a network of North Carolina's leading radio stations. To hear a repeat of this broadcast, go to carolinanewsmakers.com. Carolina Newsmakers is produced by Jason Kong. Network engineer is Alan Sherrill. I'm Scott Fitzgerald inviting you to join us again next week, same time, for Carolina Newsmakers. Newsmakers.